Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. Who can take a sunrise, sprinkle it with dew? Candyman, 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 can. We're talking the horror classic, Candyman, on Normies Like Us. Who is that? You are not content with the stories, so I was obliged to come. Helen, you came to me. Surrender to me now, and he shall be unharmed. You heard it up top. We are heading to Chicago for a sweet, sweet treat because we are about to hang out with the. Ooh, don't say it, don't say don't his say name, it. but we have to. It's Candyman here. Mm-hmm. On normies like us, with your host um, Cabrini Colin. Oh, I like that. I'll be uh, Anne Marie Mike Coy. Where is my baby? Oh. Wow, wow. <laughs> this is, uh, I guess, this is Jacob Lyle uh, trying to get to the, <laughs> wow. the bottom of this. Yeah, there we go. Wow. There we go. The Cobby Man. The Cobby <laughs> Man. man. Oh. Too easy. <laughs> Don't say the Cobby Mike's Man. Mike's so specific. I absolutely loved that. <laughs> great, great choice. Well, you know, in our Star Trek, I like to go with a McCoy every once in a while. So I saw it right there. I had to do it. <laughs> I still don't know where my baby is, though, or my dog. So. Oh, wow. Right. Wow, 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 wow. But, but we're uh, talking yeah. Candyman. Yeah, don't want to say his name too many times. I'm afraid he yes. might appear behind me. Let's put a limit. <laughs> Yeah, does this lens reflect enough for the yeah. video record to count? Uh, we'll be careful. But um, so, yeah, we're stepping through with yet another, you know, Spooktober. We've done. That's right. Um, the Exorcist. We've done Friday the 13th. So 70s, 80s. And now we're marching into the 90s uh, with an early wow. 90s, 1992 classic. Chronological uh-huh. order. Planned <laughs> um, it out that way. Yeah. You know, Exorcist Surely. was uh, Colin's choice. Friday the 13th. Kind of everyone's choice, right? That was a it group just, one. It, it was we had a Friday the Thirteenth this month, so it's like let's That's do right. it. It was God's choice. Yeah, God's we'll, we'll choice. get to Mike's choice uh, next week, I believe. Mm-hmm. But this week it's my choice, and we're talking the nineteen ninety two film classic Candyman. I just said it again. Uh oh. Uh oh. We're gonna have to keep track. Keep a running tab. Yeah. I, uh, and just to give my history, you know, last spooktacular, I think I mentioned that I watched the twenty twenty one kind of Candyman. Not even a reboot. It's, it's technically a sequel, right? But I had never seen sequel, the original. Yeah. So then mm-hmm. we went into this. I had never seen this. Again, all these wow. have been kind of weird blind spots for me. The Exorcist, Friday the 13th, I hadn't seen in a long time. And this I'd never Love seen. Love these so. first impressions, Mike. Yeah, it was cool to watch this. And I rolled right into the sequel just to see how it felt with context. And I'll talk about that at the end. But yeah, first time with this 90s classic. Get to see Ted Raimi and some others. Tony Todd's right. in it. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. And we'll get into that in deeper. Absolutely. Well, I'll, 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 I'll give my history real quick and then let the, the episode runner himself take over. But the Queen, um, Bee. Wow. The Queen Bee. Oh, no. <laughs> you know what? Bees in my mouth. This, this isn't my franchise. I'm not really scared of bees. I'm, no? I'm definitely not somebody. I don't know about you guys. Did you ever do like Bloody Mary or, you know, something like that? Uh, something where you would have to say a ghoul's name multiple times. Did you guys ever do that? Not really, but of course I knew about Bloody Mary. Yeah, stuff. yeah, we had the Bloody. But I don't Mary. know, like at a sleepover or something. I don't know. So yeah. I, you know, Candyman. I was. Oh, hold on. 
you know, I was just, I was never really worried about it. And uh, I don't know. I never really saw it till college. I think former uh, host of this podcast, Joe, probably showed it to me at a party and kind of explained its cool cultural significance. Uh, and since then, obviously, I've been a, a fan and think it's a cool franchise. And Mike, like yourself, I watched not only a film called Candyman, but also a film called Candyman. Candyman. We are way Oh, my God. Over. We are. Yeah. <laughs> he is showing up. It is um, weird, though. I do actually not want to say it after watching these. Yes. You know? like, I, I think I'm annoyed. Let's just call it the movie, right? <laughs> the movie. What do you think of the movie? It's like, yeah. you know, when you stand in the mirror, you're not going to just start saying Bloody Mary, even if you know that she's not going to appear. Like, just to be safe. Like, you don't True. want to say it. You don't, so, air, you don't mess around with Psychological. Those. Yeah. That's yeah. right. And the, the five um, times is a big commitment, but we'll get into it. Jim. Yeah. But what's your history? Yeah. For me, you know, the reason I chose this movie, I watched this last year during my 31 days of Spooktober movie watching. Um, and we did a little series called Hellraiser last year, mm-hmm. uh, you know, by a, by a young man named Clive Barker. Um, well, this is kind of Clive Barker's other big contribution to to the uh, horror canon, if you will, um, because this is based on a short story by him. Uh, mm. And it kind of, you know, it became a horror classic. And I think a little bit underappreciated when you're talking your your Freddies, your Jasons, your Michael Myers. Like, people tend to forget about old Candyman. But, uh, yeah. you know, and I think it, well, this movie... I was, yeah. I was going to say, as far as horror villains go, best dressed has got to go to Candyman. Are you kidding me? This oh, yeah. He's the swaggiest. Oh, Candyman man. does have drip. That is yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> Big he, drip, yeah. And, you know, I'm a huge Tony Todd fan. Obviously, mm-hmm. we've talked about him in our Star Trek episodes. He's kind of a Jeffrey Coombs-like guy where he's played at least three different roles that I know of in Star Trek, including Kern, Worf's brother, mm-hmm. uh, as well as uh, he played old Jake Sisko in an episode, a great episode, uh, a great episode. of DS9 that, uh, Colin, you like a lot, a lot as well. A lot. So the McCoy connection um, and the Tony Todd connection, it's all about Star Trek here, you know. Us. That's right. But Tony Todd, cool guy. Um great you know iconic voice and uh mm-hmm. this movie you know i think it deserves a little more uh, a little more praise so what i, I appreciate about it. about it jacob and especially after your clive barker run which mm-hmm. was so cool last year where you were explaining not only the film we covered i didn't go as deep as you did but you even expanded out to this other stuff uh it shows range because this is not a dark twisted sexual nightmare. There is like none of that in this. Instead, it yeah. is like a very thoughtful and sort of like introspective look at like trauma and how it lasts. Mm-hmm. That's, That's right. crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of all about the uh general the generational racial trauma of this country that we live in, America. Mm-hmm. Um and of course, who better to talk about that than three white guys, right? Yeah. Um yes. <laughs> well, Again, written by a, a a gay white guy, but yes. you know, it's it's just it, it's an interesting topic for a guy to cover, and I, I feel comfortable mm-hmm. talking about it because look, this is an awesome movie, and you know, people deserve to to know about it. Right? That's right. Yeah. yeah, I just want to say, you know, obviously we're not experts or anything, but we we'll yeah. try to talk about it in the best way that we can, and maybe yeah. you know, there's other voices that that can be heard as well, but we'll do our best. We'll do our best from where what our perspective can be, right? Yeah. That's right. And it's an important kind of... The themes, I think, are important. So I, I like this movie a lot. But um, yeah, that being said, though, should we just jump right into it? You know? Let's do it. I got oh, my are, the, are either of you guys allergic to bees? No. No. 
So, Me neither. That's good. <laughs> Love bees. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll be right back after this. Be right back. <laughs> back here on normies like us where we hope we've hooked you because we're mm. talking candy man that's right uh give us a little rundown in history on this cool horror cult classic absolutely <laughs> so of course like i mentioned before based on a clive barker short story called the forbidden uh part of an anthology of clive barker short stories i believe called the book of blood which is great <laughs> um yes <laughs> and clive barker like you said an englishman a gay englishman who wrote this about uh class us uh, in you know english society in london oh um yeah this was originally about uh english people i guess but uh the director bernard rose was interested in adapting it uh he met with clive barker um and decided to adapt it to uh you know be about chicago's cabrini green uh projects and sort of about the racial and um you know class differences in america so yo yeah. Bernard Rose, that is the coolest idea on the planet. Good work, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, obviously, America has its own very troubled history. Uh, in, you know, England has their, their histor- historical problems as well, but um, it's perfect, you know, a perfect uh, adaptation to put it in, mm-hmm. uh, set in America. So, well, especially Chicago, like to connect to some other horror stuff that we really yeah. like. You know, Lovecraft Country is also set in Chicago. So, that, you know, there's a lot of history there. Um, not an expert, uh, asterisk, but you know, right. it's a good, it seems to be a fitting setting based on, you know, some unfortunate histories with, you know, is yeah. get out Chicago. I wonder if it is, maybe it's New York. Hmm. That's we a good look question. That up by the end of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And of course the Jordan Peele connection here, of course, is that, uh, just in, you know, two years ago, 2021, they did make a direct sequel to this. So of course there was two sequels to this movie made in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, lesser known uh but they took the the halloween route of saying this sequel is a you know a direct sequel from the first one uh and that was directed by nia DaCosta, written co-written by her and jordan peele uh nia DaCosta, of course is now directing the marvels uh new mcu yeah. coming about cool. um and did you know she's the youngest director to ever helm an mcu project oh is that true 33 she's our age wow cool super cool and obviously this that stars tayana paris as well who is yes uh, uh, yes in the sequel and as well as yaya abdul mateen uh an actor i like a lot Mm -hmm. um but you know the original 1992 bernard rose not a director I'm super familiar with. Uh, and if you look at his filmography, this is kind of maybe his best known film. Didn't do a lot of note after this, I would say, at least from my perspective. Mm-hmm. But had this great idea to make this movie. And, um, you know, it's all about kind of urban legends, right? Myth, myth making of America and how that yeah. ties in to uh, everything. So there's a lot of cool ideas here, a lot of cool themes and stuff to think about. So it's not just a horror movie that will scare you, but also 
make you think potentially. So yeah, that's what surprised me because I had not seen the original. I watched you know the other one, and without the context of the original, you know, it didn't really stick with me. But after watching the original now, like I. I've been just thinking about it ever since I finished watching like the themes and like, yeah, what does this scene represent? What is like, I'm, I'm still trying to unpack it because it is like a more dense and I love when there's themes in horror movies and it's like, I haven't quite figured it all out. There's some things that are obviously a movie with a theme, Mike. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm and I think, yeah, yeah. And I think yeah, <laughs> the sequel does uh, make a lot more sense if you've seen the original because it is a direct uh, follow up kind of, um, yeah. but this movie, a couple characters. Yeah. Yeah, but I love this movie. I think it rules. Uh, yeah. It has a great atmosphere, uh, a beautiful score by Philip Glass that really he, stands out. You know what I um, saw on Wikipedia, Jacob, about those other sequels, though? Uh, uh, some article that it linked to on Wikipedia had a quote where it called it, uh, they turned Tony Todd into black Freddy Krueger. I thought that was uh, yes. pretty clever. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's really kind of the black uh, horror icon that, that yeah. a lot of people don't know about. And I do have like I think the the new version is okay. I don't hate it. I think it's interesting. It's got a lot of ideas going on, and we can talk about that a little bit. Maybe I think it almost many, has yeah. too many ideas. Yeah, yeah, it's like doesn't quite come together. But they do kind of recontextualize Candyman as like this figure of black vengeance that's kind of writing society's injustices, which is interesting because he's definitely. That's definitely different than how he's portrayed in the original. Yeah. And maybe, you know, at the end, after we discuss kind of the original, it's a good way to compare that. But you're right. It does recontextualize the mythos. And I like that this original movie is so much about what, how legends and myths come out of, you know, a community. And like this, the second one absolutely just continues to evolve it. So this can exist in perfect harmony. It's like this because myth is always changing and evolving based on yeah. times. So it's, and it's perfectly the, fitting. It's all about the power of storytelling, right? The power of narrative, because even in the movie, he's mm-hmm. like, um, Candyman is saying to Helen Lyles, our main character, um, you know, you're taking my power away by making people not believe in me. Like my my flock is not believing anymore. So now I have to show my presence and like really reinforce yeah. that I'm here. And yeah. Jacob, in a society where we're still burning and banning books i mean like what he represents and sort of this scourge of like you cannot forget the horrors that happened to me i need Mm -hmm. to perpetuate those horrors to get that bolstering i mean it is super clever and cool like it is hard to emphasize how it is really cool if you haven't watched it it is i would definitely say yeah if you haven't seen it Definitely check this one out. Um, I give it a hearty recommend, and I feel like not enough people know about it. And maybe no. with the new movie that you know it kind of had a resurgence of uh, in pop culture. But I looked at that box office. I don't know if it had any kind of resurgence. Yeah, it was stock, like a direct to streaming too. I mean, I think that movie, right. So. Yeah. But this first um, one, like you know, we could break down yeah. kind of the plot. Like, how what, what's the general mechanics of the story? Absolutely. We have, you know. So obviously, uh, Helen, yeah, yes, we have Helen Lyles, a graduate student who uh, is doing this study about urban legends, played by uh, you know Virginia Madsen. I don't know if you're how if you guys are too familiar with her, but she's an actress that I always like. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I have like a huge crush on her in this movie. I think she's oh yeah, uh, beautiful, beautiful, but yeah. sister of Michael Madsen. I've really right. never had patience for either of them. I'll be completely <laughs> honest with you. Michael Madsen works with Quentin Tarantino a lot, of course. Uh, her brother um she's in you know she pops up in like sideways a movie that i like with uh paul giamatti and and stuff mm-hmm. she's always you know fun when when was she in the, monk yeah. originally until she was like i'm monk. too good for monk 
Was she like the the woman in Monk? Maybe I can't remember. Could have been. Um, yeah, could be. Uh, but who is Candyman? Well, Candyman is Mm. like we said, an urban legend, sort of a Bloody Mary type. Uh, where if you say his name into the mirror five times, then he appears and comes and kills you, right? And this is a legend that's been passed down in the you know world of this movie for for generations. And as the story goes, you know he was originally the son of a slave who fell in love with a white woman, and of course that led to him basically being lynched and um, being killed in a very gruesome way, where they cut off his arm, put or cut off his hand put a hook on it yep. and then they were next to this apiary. So they just basically bee stung him to death. Right. So that's they where the bees come honey. in. Yeah. And you know, yeah. Swarmed him to bees to death. It was. And I have some fun facts yeah. about the shooting of this movie with live bees and all that. So yeah, yeah. true. Like this is 92. We don't have CG bees. This no. Is no. All the bee stuff bee is, movie. uh, yeah. A hundred percent real bees. And in fact, Tony Todd had in his contract a bonus for every time he was stung by a bee during the shooting of this movie, he got a bonus of $1,000. And he was stung 23 <laughs> times during the shooting wow. of this movie. Wow. I'm surprised yeah. it's Damn. only 23. <laughs> I mean, right. on, Mike, honestly, he lets, I think, about 100 bees out of his mouth at one yeah. point, would you and say? And that's real. They literally that's used insane. a special mouthpiece to put bees inside of his mouth, and he had to sit there while the bees came out. I mean, that's dedication to, to his role. I mean, oh, that alone. Go I watch this like movie that. right now, everybody who's listening <laughs> yes. if you haven't. Like, yeah. He put bees in his mouth. It's incredible. Him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And yeah, no. Nowadays they could use CG, and I, I did rewatch the, or I did not rewatch the new one today, but I did watch it a year ago, so I'm familiar with what happens. And I can't Mm. remember how they do bees in that one, but I'm sure it's more you know CG than than practical. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of makeupy stuff too. It seems like right, Mike, prosthetic. Yeah, a lot of prosthetic stuff, which you know we get that here too. Um, Yeah. So we have Helen, and she wants to investigate this urban legend as Jacob has described, and it's kind of changed and evolved already from the 1890 origin. And and Mike, this is such an interesting and different protagonist than we've ever gotten a horror movie before, because it is not like your traditional like damsel in distress or the babysitter who's going to go get murdered. It is a graduate student who is working towards her doctorate who goes to, I guess, like the University of Illinois or Chicago or something, who goes like... Well, I'll go to a projects and I'll study the urban myth of something that these people use to cover up the trauma of the horrors that America has inflicted on them that we cannot figure out how to help every person. You're like, right. What? This, what is the again? What is the plot right. of this movie? Yeah, it's a <laughs> very kind of intellectual like premise of like this grad super student. cerebral. Yeah. yeah. There's also like the angle of like the intellectual intellectual elites right college you know like high yes. education like she learned the yes. story from some british like white dude who's like i studied the candy but, man right like this disconnect uh, from what's really happening you know and even more mike i mean there's so much of the white savior trope coming out of her yes. being like well 100%. because i write about this obviously this is a big deal now and it's like get the fuck out of here lady candy man's yes. gonna kill you you don't like know you're a 22 year old like naive college <laughs> yes. student she's it essentially angle yeah smoking yeah, she's a, a thousand <laughs> cigarettes i yes, you love i'm smoking. surprised she didn't get uh, <laughs> this is the movie, movie for you <laughs> yes she's smoking a million all the time. people smoking yeah. this film um <laughs> but yeah she's a essentially a well-meaning white lady that's like i'm gonna go to the projects and like yeah. conduct this little study and like um you know and, and you know all the people that live there are like what, what the fuck are you doing here like get out get of here out like, of here yeah. yeah so 
she definitely doesn't realize her own privilege um, being sort of, and also being this like, you know, upper class ap- academic type and um And this is all that. And we, Like yes. her apartment, she explicitly says, this is the same layout as those projects yes. over there. Right? Yeah, so and she's like clearly yes, the haves the, and have nots. Yeah. The luxury yeah. apartments that she lives in was once a project building that was gentrified and turned into luxury apartments because they had a good view of the city or whatever, right? They mm-hmm. didn't have the the uh, interstate blocking it. So like, Hey, we can get way more money if we, you know, kind of renovate this building and, and charge some, some rich white people. some, some oh. money. And like, you know, and it, we nowadays, like that's still a problem. Like rent prices have never been higher. People no, 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 no. Mike, you know, this is fake for this horror movie universe. This doesn't happen. Yeah. 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 People aren't really being exploited and you know, whatever, but well, that's yeah, the wild it's, thing it's too. It's time that... to kind of watch this almost because it's, it's not, not happening. And we need to remember yeah. that it's been, that's the whole theme, right? And Cabrini green, the location that they talk about a lot in this movie is a real, uh, place in Chicago. So mm. it's kind of wild that they just use the real name. Um, right. But yeah, so she's conducting this, this, uh, grad, grad student study along with her friend, uh, Bernadette, Bernadette, played by Kazi Lemons, who, um, if you remember from our Science of the Lambs uh, episode, she played kind of the friend in that, too. And that was also oh. 92. So this is around oh, the same time. I yeah. guess she does talk to one other woman one time in that movie. Yeah. 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 And like at the yeah. end of the graduation, they're like, you made it, too. This is great. Right. <laughs> like, oh, cool. But her friend is interesting because she's kind of the the um, she's a black woman who is also a grad student and working on this. And. So it kind of shows the class difference that can be there as well. So mm-hmm. um, that's interesting. Of course, uh, Helen is married to this professor of narrative studies or whatever, played by Xander Berkeley, um, mm-hmm. who's like probably cheating on her and stuff. So Helen kind of is suspicious of him and there's a lot going on with with that. Um, but she's really, you know, dedicated to like doing this study and like showing all the other academics, like how smart she is and everything. And can I ask a question real quick? Who are the two people that, that one of them, of course, Ted Raimi, beloved uh, character actor and Michigan actor specifically, who, who are they in the context of getting killed in that opening scene? So that's just, she's interviewing someone about the, the myth of Candyman, And that's sort of retelling of what this, this girl is telling her. So that couple in the beginning, Ted Raimi and this other woman uh, are seen killed by, uh, Candyman, mm-hmm. um, and it's just setting up the the story of Candyman. I think. Gotcha, gotcha, and probably not a mistake that it's you know these two white characters, and it's like the, even the myth has gotten out. You know what I mean? Yeah, like the ownership. But then, is- yeah, she's literally interviewing people, and then she hears from a, a janitor who's a black woman who starts telling her about Candyman, and her friend who knows personally this person that was killed potentially by Candyman in the projects in Sabrina green Cabrini green. So she gets this idea of like, let's go to the location and like, look around, take some pictures of graffiti mm-hmm. and stuff and like try to figure this out for ourselves. Uh, yeah. And her, her friend is like, that's like a really bad idea. I don't think we should do that. Like we're dressed like cops. Like we look like cops. We're going to go in there causing mm-hmm. trouble. Like, you know, so yeah, it's fun though. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, so they do the investigation again. She's well-meaning, but naive, right? So, so they go down exactly. there, you know, and everyone's like, what the hell are you doing here? But they find the original apartment, like the apartment where the murder happened and it's abandoned now. And there's like the hole in the wall. Cause she's like, they, it's built. So the mirrors of the bathrooms don't have a divide. So she finds yeah, the yes. hole that the guy allegedly climbed through yes. when he murdered this woman. 
And so that's where that comes in from yeah. the myth of saying it in the mirror. And then he appears Correct. when he came through the mirror, you know? So literally that's yeah. kind of shows how things get twisted and turned into this urban legend based on right. fact. Right. So she's in there taking pictures. Bernadette's like, Hey, we don't, I'm a little nervous. And then they run into Anne-Marie McCoy, Vanessa Williams. And then right. kind of hesitantly is like, okay, I'll talk to you. You know, she's like, yeah, she's like, distrustful of these these people that are showing up asking questions but then eventually lets them in and talks to him a little bit she has a baby named anthony uh and she's like you know not you know a lot of people are just trying to live here not everyone's like the drug dealers that like you ran into downstairs that are causing problems and stuff mm-hmm. um and you know helen is just like really interested by all this and is like obsessed with this idea of Candyman, um so she keeps coming back right and she mm-hmm. talks to this little kid who takes her to this bathroom and says like oh this guy was like or this boy was killed inside of this bathroom by Candyman, right yeah and i like this too because the, the community is distrustful of helen right and then mm-hmm. so she has to like make the approach through like a kid like so she's like relating to him like you know i'm i'm brave are you brave you know like let's go check it out like she has to start like, you know, with, with a kid to get kind of a lead on this investigation. I think that's pretty cool yeah. too. Because kids are telling these stories amongst themselves, you know, on the playground and stuff. It was like, okay. Right. Right. So she investigates this old, like broken down gross bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and while she's in there, she does she gets assaulted by some men that come in. Man with a hook, uh, hits her with it. And says, you're looking for Candyman, bitch. Well, here I am. And yeah. um, yo, yo, yo. <laughs> assaults her. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, she, of course, uh, goes to the police and um, identifies the man. So they catch him and everything. But she, you know, is injured by that. Uh, and then. Well, she just happened? can't stop. But it's like even in that moment, like the Candyman myth has been, you know, appropriated by this heavy, you know, this neighborhood yes. this tough guy. And he's like, I'll use this to make people fear me. So it's yeah. just the layers that we're getting. It's just and at this crazy. point, and she yeah. she found the tributes right to Candyman that the little boy was showing her to right in the razor blade being in one yeah, of them. The razor blade yes. and the candy bars and stuff, which is another old you know sort of wives' Urban tale legends. that you always hear about of like, be careful. There's razor blades and can't people are putting razor blades and candy Look bars. Look out for the Candyman. There's, there's nothing yeah. but kidnappers and razor blade razor blade candies in the night. Razy blades. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. But at this point in the movie, we're kind of like, it's kind of, you're kind of thinking like, well, is Candyman real or what? Like this guy Mm -hmm. that assaults her is kind of a red herring of like, oh, is that the Candyman that everyone's been talking about? He kind of assumed Candyman's identity. He literally has Um, a look for a hand. Yeah. yeah. Could he have killed the other person in the apartment just for whatever reason? Yeah. Yeah, He's got, you know, got away with it. Police didn't come. But then as she's leaving, you know, she goes back to Caprini Green. She's, she's in the parking garage leaving and that's when he appears to her right and it's yeah the man himself tony todd looking super cool with his coat yes you know now jacob we were flash fans uh i i that's right i don't want to speak for you but in my opinion when we're watching that it really peaked at season two that is when the character zoom was introduced who of course is voiced by tony todd Yes. And Tony Todd has gone on to have an incredible, prolific voice acting career. But when you are faced down by this man, I know you said, like, yes, he wears Klingon makeup, all that stuff. But just imagining what I 
picture is like a seven foot guy. How how tall is Tony Todd? I mean, he is yeah, monstrously big. Yeah, dressed to the nines, like Mike said, a fucking fur coat on. Yeah, yeah. fucking look for and <laughs> swiping at you, bees everywhere and mm-hmm. stuff. Like, yeah, you know, we talk about like, are these films scary? There is a moment that later I do want to talk about that is scary, but yeah. this like, like. He is a good horror villain. I, I am impressed by Candyman. Yeah. It's yeah. a great concept. Cuts he's, a hell of a silhouette. Yeah, he he's does. Menacing, does. Yeah. yet almost seductive. Where he's like yeah. tr- seducing Helen Lyle, right? Basically saying His like, "Voice Come is with me, so be my sweet." Victim. Yes, yes. yes it's, it's I mean, he has an absolutely iconic voice, and I love Tony Todd. Anytime he shows up, anything you know, Final Destination, of right. course. Oh, uh, where he's just like this sort of like. We do. He's just like the the he's like the guy who like explains the rules, but he's also kind yes. of like death. Like I believe he kind he's of like, like they work his voice into yeah. the kills almost sometimes uh, too, in the mix of like yeah. I'm a laser, <laughs> and you'll be like, wow, Tony Todd. Yeah, okay. yeah. I have a fun fact that I heard that they wanted to cast Eddie Murphy for this. Yes, Eddie oh, Murphy really? was the first yeah. choice to play Candyman, but he they couldn't get him because he was too big at the time. So too they're expensive, like, yeah. Get this guy, Tony Todd. Really cool. Tony Todd's been great. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. And then the argument is like, it would have had to be a Eddie Murphy movie, and but this is not a, yeah. you know, it's not a right. Tony Todd movie. A six foot five, by the way. And yeah, he's got the perfect voice. Like he crushes six it in this room without shoes. So yeah. 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 Oh, with the <laughs> platforms he's wearing in these too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, he has a very, just an insane presence about him. And he there is menacing while also being, yeah, while also being alluring and having that charisma. Um, and you can he's see like how magnetic when he's on screen. Yeah. Him. Yeah. Get hooked. Um, get hooked. <laughs> so yeah. he shows yeah. up. And he's like, I heard you've been looking for me, Helen. Here I am. And uh, she kind of goes into this trance, blacks mm-hmm. out. She wakes up. She's covered in blood. She's in Anne-Marie McCoy's apartment. The the head of this dog that we saw earlier is, mm-hmm. the, you know, the decapitated head is lying there. And um, Anne-Marie is just like screaming, like, where's my baby? Where's my baby? It's just a horrific scene, right? Yeah. And Helen has no idea what's going on. And there is so no. much blood. And Helen's just like, what happened? She's now implicated yeah. in like killing this dog. It's a very a baby. Yeah. Bad situation that she appears in where she's holding this knife covered yeah, in she blood. She picks up the knife for some yeah. reason. Yeah. <laughs> But and yeah. the police bust in, right? And they just see her holding this knife and standing over this woman. She's, yeah. <laughs> she's arrested. She's taken in. <laughs> this is what I was referring to earlier when I said the scariest moment. I think what this franchise does remarkably well, because, mm-hmm. of course, there is a racial component to this, is make the police seem horrifying. The interaction that Helen has here, where she's getting hosed down ba- or strips in, in front yeah. of this officer, yeah. who's a woman. Like, it's not even a question of it being, like, from a chauvinistic point of view. It's truly just from a power and dominance fascistic point of view. Yeah. And not Mm -hmm. answering any questions, just repeating. Now take off. Yeah. She's, like, repeating. She's crying. She's, like, can I I take a shower? She's just covered in blood. And they're, like, just take your clothes off, blah, blah, blah. Take it off. Dehumanized. Dehumanized, right. Like, yeah. And she met this detective earlier who uh, helped her with her assault, right? Yeah. And now this guy's, like... 
you're fucking insane. You just killed this dog. You abducted this baby. That's what we think. You're and, obsessed um, with this neighborhood. What are you doing? Yeah. Right. You keep going. So there. she appears to be this white lady who's just yeah. gone off her mind <laughs> and is yes. obsessed with this candy man. Truly man. a yeah. Karen yeah. before Karen's existence. <laughs> wow. I'll come in there and help out with the candy man stuff. Yes. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. I wish her Karen right. was Karen and <laughs> Helen. That would be great. That would be amazing. She call him Helen's. Um, <laughs> but this is kind of the, her dis- start of her descent into madness where everyone, she doesn't know what's going on. Everyone thinks she's this insane killer now. And she's caught in a very, un- very compromising position that makes her look very guilty. Um, mm-hmm. And she can't explain what's going on because she just blacked out. She can't remember. And she can't explain like, Oh, Candyman appeared to me and like did this. And this, this is the thrust of the film like this yeah. from here on. Like it's basically, it still plays with like, what is real and what's not, you know, because nobody believes her. She really is believing yeah. Candyman. But as an is audience, this all in I'm her like, head? Yeah. Right. I don't know. Um, and and I think Candyman, um, you know, he's a fascinating figure. He's almost like a, I mean, he's a sympathetic character. Obviously, once you find out his backstory, obviously mm-hmm. his origin, he's very sympathetic. Um, he's yep. almost like a fan of the opera type where he's like living in this, this project's <laughs> building. He shows up to Helen and he's like, you know, oh my god you're right there's like yeah. a dracula element like my bride he yeah kind of reminds yeah he's almost like a vampire yeah of his love from yeah. back in the day and he's unborn child that's why he wants to get a baby creature you know, so of the night i'll have my, my family yeah. <laughs> yeah oh wow be with me right <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> you know what though Dracula biting me, I kind of forgive because it's better than like a hook hand stroking my face. <laughs> Being like, you look so beautiful tonight. I'm like, yeah, let's like put that away. Though. Yeah, he's, he, oh, he's just looking right. for a hookup, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Thank my. You. But um, he's appearing to Helen and yeah. he's basically saying like, I took the baby. Uh, if you come with me and be my sort of eternal victim slash love, then I will mm-hmm. return the baby. But it's either you or the baby, essentially, is what he's telling Helen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you so know, she's Helen... got a ticking clock, but nobody believes her. So that's her yeah, circumstances yes. get more extreme. She wants to save the baby, um, but, you know, she has to find ways to get out of, you know, custody. Yeah. Of, we eventually do the... They put her in an asylum. You know, they're just like, you work for Right. Me. You know? Well, first she gets out on bail. Her husband takes her and that's right she doesn't even know like oh do you even like do you even believe me like do you think i did this and he can't even like really give her a straight answer Mm -hmm. um it's crazy she goes back to her apartment she's like losing it kind of she takes a bath just trying to relax and forget everything that's happened um and then her friend bernadette comes over uh but of course you know Candyman is showing up to her again and um her friend bernadette you know doesn't make it make you know? it. yeah <laughs> so and now it's another <laughs> smoking gun you know here oh, yeah here you are so essentially Candyman keeps showing up and killing people and then leaving around Helen her. to yeah. yeah be framed for it essentially i do like um, his, his goal of like i'm gonna implicate you in murder like what yeah. an interesting villain like i'm you're gonna <laughs> yeah, if i was like a supernatural a being I guess yeah. I'd do that. Instead of like just spooky ghost, someone to be spooky. It's like, I'm going to frame you for murder. And like everyone yeah. around yeah. you is going to die. How's that sound? Well, we realize why yeah. this is. It actually ends up being extraordinarily clever. Yeah, yes. absolutely. So um, the, the, the urban myth of Candyman is not that 
if you say his name five times, he'll show up and kill you, but he'll show up and frame you for murder, basically, and kill yes. other people around you. <laughs> yeah. Because she's, she does say Candyman uh, five times in the mirror, and there's a scene with yeah. her and her friend earlier where they're doing it, and she says it five times. Her friend stops after four, and she's like, oh, you coward. Come on, say it. That's right. Um, and that's, yep. you know, that's how she summons him, basically. So That's right. That's right. What so, was yeah. it when in in Hellraiser when you solve the cube it kills someone else? Is that what it was every time no, you, you solve, solve the it? cube? You're asking to be a torture victim forever. You're inviting the synapse right. to come torture you sexually. But you have to solve it like four times. I can't. Just, the rules just once. <laughs> just once. Okay. All right. And they'll show up for their blood orgy. That's right. Remember that movie That's where the guy of... had the thing like like attached to him? He's like, it's like jacking me off all the time. <laughs> yeah. I just like yeah. the hammerhead guy. Yeah. And there is some of that Clive Barker like obsession of like pain is pleasure a little bit in this because, again, the yeah. seductiveness of Candyman while he's like stabbing yeah, you with his I hook guess. is also kind of sexual. Yeah. This weird yeah. summoning like you're bound to him once you yeah. summon them. And yeah. I think the first I wrote... thing he does is uh, – mm-hmm. When he shows up to Helen, I mean, he's got a bunch of bees coming out of his mouth, right? But then he, like, kisses her with his bee mouth, and that's what, yeah. you know, seduces her, basically. Yeah, but I wrote in my notes, it's, I'm glad you brought that up. I put, he kind of feels like Dracula and Hellraiser, you know, with Freddy Krueger. Absolutely. Bit, you know. Yeah. But way cooler. Um, <laughs> I think I bark, yeah. has anyone else been Pinhead? more obviously into S&M, like, in yeah. the history of the world? <laughs> no, he's definitely very interested so. in that. Um, Why do I keep writing about this? It's like, well, let me tell you, buddy. Why yeah. do you? They say, write what you know. But I guess it's he's all like, I think about. Interesting. <laughs> he's my Stephen King, I guess, for some reason. I, just, <laughs> yeah. I do, Jacob. I I have been pitched his stuff before, specifically um, a book he has, or maybe a short story called The Holiday House, which is a, a mm. children's book about a kid who goes to a home where it's a different holiday every day. And then he realizes the house is stealing time from him and he like needs to escape. Um, I appreciate anyone who's in that Stephen King realm, a Neil Gaiman, a Clive Barker. So I love yeah. this exploration you've been doing, dude. Absolutely. And when, mm-hmm. when Bernard Rose met him in 92 or 91, he had just he finished like, making what a Nightbreed. Freak. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he just finished his own film, that, Nightbreed. That needs to be on your list this year. Yes. That is why. Uh, okay. That is definitely on my list. <clears throat> and um, cool. he was, and so Bernard Rose was like, hey, I love the film. Uh, I want to talk about this short story. Maybe we could make that into a movie. And, and yeah. Sorry, Jacob, we mentioned in the Exorcist episode where we said like about uh, William Blatty about like, Jesus Christ, can you imagine being a weird author and being like, I'm the one who's in charge of making my movie? And Mike yeah. brought up, uh, of course, mm-hmm. Michael Crichton, which is was so true. But of course, Clive Barker directed a, a film of his own stuff as well. That's so yeah. wild. It's wild because I think he's directed two or three films himself, mm-hmm. but he never directed like his two most famous properties being Hellraiser and Candyman. He never really... Oh had directorial input over those properties right and i should have we should have mentioned when we asked who is a director who wrote their own shit you know we do have maximum overdrive so stephen king counts too (laughs) 
That's Mike, true. That's true. How could I forget the King <laughs> the Green makes Goblin? the worst movie ever made? Yeah, of cocaine <laughs> the film. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Sometimes authors don't make great directors, right? No, so, they don't. No. Stephen King famously, you know, hated The Shining, made his own TV movie version that he thought was better. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Have you seen that? No. No. It's bad. It's so bad. Yeah. I guess he's come around on The Shining, though, and he did love Dr. Sleep. And he was basically oh, like, course. Dr. Sleep is the movie that I always wanted, like, The Shining to be. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Um, but, yeah, Candyman. So, of course, Helen now is being framed for Bernadette's murder, her gruesome murder. We see her body. She's, like, drained of blood and stuff, cut up with the hook and everything. Jesus. Um, yeah. There's like and, a bit of um like I say it's it's described as methodology is like from the groin up through your chest yeah the groin like, to the gullet right he's like yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's like almost yeah. an Ed Gein thing like that's yeah. probably taken from also based on a true story you know those again of, it's very sexual yeah it's crazy Weird. yes it yeah. is so um <laughs> horrifying and now you're blamed yes. for it right so she is now being held like you said in this insane asylum because she. It's like this dangerous murderer that keeps murdering people and people are like, we got to, you know, keep her locked up. She's mm-hmm. trying to explain like, no, no, it's not me. It's Candyman and everything. It's Candyman. <laughs> yeah. I didn't do it. Candyman did. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. You that don't definitely doesn't sound friend. insane. No. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, but she's literally like strapped to this bed, right? Being heavily sedated. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, yeah, we're getting towards the end of the, the movie. Um, she's, and apparently a, ma- a month has passed, right? She's been sedated this whole time. She finally kind of wakes up, talks to her doctor, who's trying to explain, like, you're being charged with murder. Like, you've been arrested. Your husband, like, left you because you are probably going to jail. Um, and, I work for you know, your defense attorney. Like, we're trying yes. to figure out if you can stand trial. And it's right. another moment where it's like... Is there, a, I'm thinking, is there a Candyman or is she just crazy? Like, because I'd never seen right. it. So it's like they're still letting you have a little bit of like disbelief, you know, in her state of mind. Yeah. That's smart. And she's like, look, I'll prove to you that Candyman's real. I'll summon him right now. I love uh, this. Yeah. This <laughs> so is right. She does it. She says Candyman five times and he fucking appears, kills the psychiatrist, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let's breaks her With straps hook, menacingly yes. and gently cuts her little straps away it's very yeah <laughs> god guys you know but um escape when let he me have your straps she right. escapes out the window no, she's like we need to talk about his escape because he just reversed <laughs> okay, he backwards out the window <laughs> it's the coolest <laughs> thing <laughs> he's like batman thank you yeah. mike you're absolutely right <laughs> that is one of the wildest things i've ever seen but then it's also absolutely. like did she imagine that and she just broke the window with her chair and jumped out like, oh it's yeah so good yeah so yeah, yeah. She and they do the show like no earlier when mm-hmm. she's strapped to the bed he appears like above her right floating above mm-hmm. her and she's screaming mm-hmm. like, he's here he's a murderer he's here now he's under they the show bed. her that footage and yeah he's like she, she's he's under the bed he's under the bed they they show her that footage and he's not there so she's like what the fuck is going on am i losing my mind like she doesn't even know yeah. um but he breaks her out she escapes heads back to well first she goes back to her apartment and sees that uh-oh her this this student of her husband who 
you know, earlier she was suspicious of this, this Mm -hmm. young female student has now moved into her apartment and is living with her husband. They're repainting. Um, She shows up. And of course they're like, you know, like a, like an insane murderer just showed up. Right. (laughs) Yeah. They are (laughs) horrified. Yeah. We're going to call the cops. And she's like, go ahead and do it. Like she does. Yeah. Very crazy person. Um, (laughs) Yeah. She's like, I live here. Remember? And they're like, you are out of your mind. Uh, But everybody's reactions here are like pretty realistic because it's like she's pissed off at the husband. She doesn't think she's yeah. she feels justified to be there. And there again, like you said, there's a you're a crazy murderer. Please don't. And the husband us. is an interesting character because he's like kind of throughout the movie. You're like, OK, he's not he's, he's probably is cheating on her. Like it's left yeah. kind of oh, open ended. Yeah. But yeah. like he's definitely doesn't seem like a great guy. But then he does try to stand with her through some of this but eventually is like okay this lady is like crazy and it's been a month she's been locked up for a month and then she just shows up out of the blue i mean that would be very scary oh yeah. And, yeah and did we say jacob this is xander berkeley right is that his name he was xander from berkeley, uh, yes. we've seen him in the walking dead before where he played like a bad guy owner mm. of some village i can't remember and then of course mm. mike he in, he's the guy in con air that yeah. nicholas cage like breaks his nose bone to go to prison in the opening scene oh. <laughs> Oh sure, yeah. He pops up a lot. He was he's in my favorite show, of course, Twenty Four, starring Kiefer Sutherland. He's the like the head of the CTO or whatever in in season one and two, and so Mm. he gets a pretty that's right uh, good arc. So yeah, I like uh, him showing up. You think Jack Bauer would be able to save this baby? (laughs) Oh man, what has been happening to the baby? He said you have to come today. It's 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 been a month. Later. It's just in yeah. the candy man has been place. feeding the in his baby lair. candy <laughs> green. Just been feeding a He's candy. Like, hey, she didn't come again. So like, we, you've either got honey on the hook, or I could give you this lollipop with the <laughs> razor. Honey. Yeah, it. the baby's like it with honey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a soft food. Um, <laughs> I don't know, but no, they cut to the baby a couple times. It's in one of the abandoned apartments, wherever his lair is. They show it kind of. Yeah, but if it's been a month, oh, yeah, I, it's, it's in the been a lair. month. That's somehow it's surviving. It's hard. It is prone. <laughs> it does show. It does show him like giving it a little honey on its finger. Okay, so it's living off of honey. I think. Yeah, <laughs> for I, a month. I don't know. Um, Are you a ghost? But you're attending I mean, this baby daily. Very good. Yeah, he's some kind of supernatural being. We don't know the rule of Candyman, like how he's existing, what well, he is. Spoilers for the sequel, but Mike, in that one, Yaya should have had diabetes because he's like, I don't, I don't know. It's, That's I had funny. juvenile diabetes for some reason. Yeah. 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 Well, we'll talk Part about that. Part of the mystery. Yeah. You were so only fun. fed honey for a month. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, well, yeah, honey. you're sick, dude. Yeah. yeah. That's it. But so she leaves her apartment, heads back to Cabrini Green. She's like, the only thing I can do now is like t- try to talk to oh, Candyman. Wait, wait, wait. She yeah. doesn't leave her part. Well, she does. She leaves. Yeah. That's right. But then some something mis- something befalls the husband and the girlfriend, right? Oh, yeah. Well, that's after. That's like their last scene, if you remember. So. That, oh, you're right. Yeah, I he, jumped. Yeah. He, I jumped. He, you're jumping ahead. That's okay. Oh, yeah. Sorry, that's all right. Um, so she goes back to Cabrini Green. Um, basically, like Candyman said, like, if you come with me and be my immortal love, then I will, you know, give the baby back. And so now she's just like, I, if I can just save the baby, I guess that's one thing I can fucking do. She's um, like, have you just been feeding it, honey? <laughs> yeah. He's like, marry me. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but like, this is where we get. That it's okay. <laughs> yeah. The cool reveal of basically we see, well, 
Candyman, his origin story is that he was like an artist, a son of a slave who was like this great artist who would be mm-hmm. commissioned by these rich white families and stuff. And that's where he fell in love with the daughter of this rich white guy who hired him. And they, you know, she got pregnant so in love with this white woman. Yeah. Um, so he, she goes back to his lair and that's when we find out like Helen Lyle looks exactly like the woman that he fell in love with. Right. right. So it was like all destined from the beginning kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, which is another interesting part about the Candyman lore because she's like she becomes obsessed independently, but was it always predetermined? Right, right. And again, is this just the, like, the infinite cycle? You know, it's fascinating. Yeah, um, and, and it's kind of left open ended. Like it doesn't spell everything out for you, which I like. Like it's not, mm-hmm. it's not saying like here's the message of the film. It's just giving you all these different ideas and kind of letting you put it together. Um, and it's just got a great atmosphere and I just, and I just love no, it. But I love yeah. this final little act when it's kind of her traveling deeper and deeper into the lair because yeah, for the yeah. ritual, so to speak. And it's really great set design. There's these murals painted of him. Oh, I love it. And it's when she goes really, to the well, hole earlier in the film and it's, it's the guy's face and she's coming out of the mouth and stuff. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. So the cool. The and stuff. Mike, you have yeah. to assume uh, the murals obviously are made by set tech, yeah. but you have to assume most of these, do you think these are just found abandoned locations in michigan they did shoot on location uh at cabrini green uh for a couple days and then then a lot mostly and you know uh lots in la but they did do a few days on location so i assume yeah some of these are like real locations that they found i also do like when helen first goes in there like let me take a picture of this neat graffiti. Like it's so, yeah, she's she's just this coolest white lady. Yeah. So it's, it's really well done. And considering this is 1992, I mean, Mm -hmm. things have changed a little bit, you know, in the past 30 years, but not as much maybe as, as you know, we'd like. So like it still holds up today in terms of, please don't say that 1992 is 30 years ago. Please (laughs) do not say that to me. Sorry to tell you. Unfortunately. (laughs) Um, but we got to talk about the big finale, actually, you know, because yeah, ultimately there's a, always there's a big bonfire that's been planned forever, and yeah. So this was set up earlier. They're holding mm-hmm. this big bonfire at Cabrini Green, and it's kind of like a an annual thing. I think they said they do where it's like a big kind of celebration, um, and they're going to burn away the sins of Candyman or whatever. It's like a burning um, mini Burning Man for them. Yeah, but like okay. less shitty. Anyway, so yeah, um, big hey, you're coming fire. to the Candyman burning, right? Oh, you no, know I missing. am. <laughs> the burning candy yeah. every yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Candyman be with you. Oh, I'm not. <laughs> but basically, she goes back and agrees Sweet to be, sweet. agrees to you know, be his immortal love if you know he she lets yes. if he lets the baby go. Mm-hmm. But then even he kind of lies to her and deceives her and is like, no, we're we're keeping the baby and we're all going to burn this fire or whatever family yeah yeah because that's like what he what was taken from him his love and his child right right so he's taking right. it back so he is this yeah. kind of vengeance figure in a way um especially with the way the sequel goes so now we're in a yeah. fire pit uh-oh so they're all burning up in the fire but she uses like her last bit of humanity to save this baby right and um you know, and, well, take it outside of the fire before she burns up. Well, yeah. what's interesting, too, is we're still getting the is she crazy going on because she picks up a hook and is like going to save the baby. So she's carrying a hook. She loves picking up weapons. And when yes. she goes into the fire, the kid <laughs> yeah. that talked to her just sees the hook going into the the pile yes. of wood before. And he's like, oh, shit, Candyman's in there. Let's light this. Goddamn. Yeah, so, it's Candyman. And that's when now, everybody in the neighborhood th- starts throwing shit on. 
Right. And she gets burned alive. Now, we talked uh, Dick Smith and Exorcist. We talked Tom Savini on Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. I got to say, these are some incredible makeup effects. I'm not sure yeah. who the special effects artist on uh, Candyman is, but they fucking oh, rule they on this fucking Helen finale uh, Freddy Krueger outfit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know who it is. I was just trying I'll to look, look it, up. it up. But uh, yeah, I mean, but- yeah, this movie looks great. The effects are great. Um, it's just, it's just awesome. Uh, I mean, when and we do get like a human beehive, like that's it. fucking awesome. Yeah. So he does reveal that's the big kind of reveal. He opens up his coat and you just see and a rib no cage ribs. with a bunch of bees, just all mm-hmm. like, he's just made of bees basically. Yeah. It looks great. Yeah. Yeah. It's really great. I'm still, I'll find the name by the end of the episode. Okay. First, but yeah. Yeah. But yeah. She gets all burned up. Her whole body is like burnt. She looks, you know, all burned up, but she saves the baby and I think the people there kind of realize that she saved the baby, right? Because um, we cut to her funeral. She's dead. She's lying in her coffin. They're burying her. Her mm-hmm. husband is there with a few other people, very smallly, you know, attended funeral because people, everyone thinks she's a crazed murderer. Yeah. Um, but then all the residents of Cabrini Green do show up and kind of pay their respects. And the kid tosses the hook into the the hole and uh mm-hmm. i i don't know oh, jacob i read that as the same way they revere yet fear candy man it is mm. this continued cycle of you know she becomes the meth we hinted at it before yeah. but obviously Candyman's entire mm. plot was to make her a figure people would be uh, notarized about or you know aware of uh right so that she yes. does become this thing to tap into the power of the trauma to go Helen, 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 Helen. <laughs> yes. And Beetlejuice style, she comes at you. Helen, a much, a much less uh, ominous name than Candyman. But uh, right. I, in, in my memory, I remembered it as something like like burned lady, burned lady, <laughs> or, you know, like ashes Helen or right. you know, something like that. But no, it really is just her name. I was very surprised yeah. by that this time. And of course, if Helen, you watch Helen, the... Helen, uh, not the Bloody sequel. Mary. She should have been named yeah. Mary, guys. Yeah, it should have been Bloody Helen. Helen. Yeah, it truly Bloody should have been Helen. Bloody Helen. I like burned Helen. That would have been good. Um, but <laughs> yeah, in Helen. the sequel, her her memory uh, or the way people remember her is that she was like this crazy lady who stole a baby and like killed people and then died, and that's kind of yeah. how she's remembered. Uh, you know, in the popular Correct. mythos. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. um, she dies. And then, the, of course, the last scene, her husband goes back home. He's kind of up, he's kind of mourning her. He's in the bathroom, uh, and he just says her name, Helen, as he's mourning into the mirror. Says it five times, ironically, and she shows up and uh, kills him. So and that's how the movie ends. Yeah, and I I like too that like. He's living with this college girl, and he's so fucking <laughs> over it. He's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna make dinner." He's like, "Whatever." Like, he's this is a terrible idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My wife. Well, is he got dead. what he kind of wanted. Like in the beginning, like he was flirting with this his student. You can be, you can tell, like he's ready to leave his wife. He's and He's coming this home young drunk, woman. or like I have to go back to the office. Like there's, yeah, some, he's acting real sus. Like he, yeah, but he can't commit um, to just get out of it. But when he sees us out and she's in the hospital, like he cowardly is like, sweet, I can dip, you know, like, yeah, yeah. You know, so, um, get what you deserve. But just a really, really fascinating movie. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I love it. It's just 
so much atmosphere. The music, like I said, Philip Glass did the score. If you don't know Philip Glass, he's a oh, really? well-known uh, contemporary you know, uh, composer. Um, and yeah, this score is great. I mean, the, the piano theme that comes up, like, uh, so good. Yeah. No, the music's really good in this. We talked about in The Exorcist, tubular bells kind of being like, mm-hmm. hey, we should have cool music in our horror movies. Friday the 13th, maybe not great music, but the kiki mama iconic uh, mama yeah uh, and then kiki mama exactly but yeah the music in this is really really good too so it can't be understated yeah great look it's almost style. operatic at times with like the choral yeah. voices and stuff like it really well, gives it a presence yeah phantom of the opera like that makes sense mm-hmm. and it, they could have very easily done like a shitty like hip-hop score i yeah. was just thinking about that they like early rap considering this was made in yeah, yeah 1992 yeah. like they made a lot of choices that makes it hold up better than a lot of yes. maybe 90s horror movies do mm-hmm. um it's really stands the test of time um it's which better is than crazy. Yeah, there's no real like, like friday the 13th or you know and it's like better than over half of oh, any yeah. of the other franchise yeah. movies yeah better than like freddie doesn't and, freddie yeah. says uh mm-hmm. dark meat so sweet when he kills a black woman <laughs> freddie versus jason uh, yeah. is brutal and that Andy was Man over is 10 not years like, after this yeah, yeah saying rap lyrics or anything so no Man would never say something embarrassing like that like he's too cool no like, no, no he's very um, cool <laughs> But yeah, yeah. he's kind of the prince artists. of horror villains. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I have the department. I can't, it's not a name I'm familiar with, but I'm seeing uh, mm. special effects makeup from Bob and Dave Keen, uh, okay. and special mm. effects senior artist Mark Coolier, key makeup uh, Michelle Bueller. But yeah, uh, good again, work. the production design incredible. Like the locations look great, and Jane Ann Stewart design of. Design. Uh, Sorry, I'm looking at it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. Um, but just the design of Candyman as a character, as this horror uh, icon, so cool. And again, the bees, the the real bees that they use to shoot these. I mean, that is Jacob. real dedication mm-hmm. to be covered in bees, including in what's, your mouth. Like, What's yeah. better, Tony Todd covered in bees or Nicolas Cage covered in bees? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I think the, Tony bees. Todd. the bees. The bees. <laughs> Wicker Man. Yeah. The yeah, Wicker Man. this. Uh, we're really we're figuring out what we're covering next year. We got Shining on the Docket. We got Wicker Man yeah. now. Yep, yep. <laughs> both both Wicker Men. Yeah. Right. Two Wicker, two Man. Yeah. Can't two wait. Wicker, two Man. Right. Um. But like I said, yeah, he did have a uh, bonus for every time he got stung. He got an extra thousand dollars. He was stung twenty three times. Um. He said in interviews, like, yeah, the hardest thing was the scene that he had to film where. The, his first appearance where they, where the bees come out of his mouth and he has to be very still and like act while this is happening. I mean, insane, yeah, man. insane. You couldn't, you couldn't pay me enough. Like I feel no. like in my mouth. <laughs> no. Yeah. Just have them crawling all over. That's you. not where bees are supposed to be though. You understand that, right? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. but I guess bees are pretty safe to work with. If you have like an, a bee expert there that can like control them and stuff like they put, these yeah. are fascinating pheromones on him. So yeah. they would not be kind of, actively oh, an antagonist. Okay. Yeah, I don't yeah. know how much you guys know about bees, but they're really fascinating because they're a hive, kind of a hive mind, right? They're controlled by their queen. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so there are bee experts, you know, apiarists and stuff that like Apiaries, work dog. with bees. I watch those yeah. Texas women save those bees all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. I fucking love, I would love to have an apiary. My sure. grandmother was a beekeeper. Or had really? Oh, wow. Small little bee. 
Wow. Here, I guess so. And Mike, yeah. is it true she would put razor blades in candy as well? That's fascinating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Says, we did Bloody Mary. <laughs> but uh, bees are thing. very important, you know, and they are kind of like disappearing. They are. Right? So, and they communicate yeah. uh, directions by dancing. Right. Hey, yeah. The flowers over here, and they do a little little thing. Here's um, <laughs> something I figured out. You like, you know, I like themes. A hive mm-hmm. cannot survive without its queen. And all Candyman mm-hmm. is is a hive with no queen. Poor, poor That's man. right. That poor, is poor interesting, man. Mike. That is what he is looking for this entire film. That almost yeah. feels very intentional. There we go. But I do like that this movie, like, it sets all this up, but it's not spelling out at the end of, like, racism is bad or something. No. Like, it's not, it's not hitting you over the head with its message. Do you understand think, the uh, dialogue we had about society? It's like, no, no, no. no. Yeah. <laughs> but it's kind of how I feel like the sequel, again, it's not a terrible movie. Like it has some interesting ideas, but it is kind of more didactic where it's like, do you understand like what we're trying to say? Mm-hmm. Um, really, That is a perfect segue right there, yes. Jacob. Let's jump over to talk about that sequel and our final thoughts right after this here on Norms Like Us. That's right, because we're back here on Amores Like Us talking Candyman. Uh, we talked Candyman. Now we're going to talk about Candyman for a little yes. bit and uh, give our final right. thoughts on Candyman. So spoilers for Candyman now that we've finished talking about Candyman. <laughs> Absolutely. So again, this... <laughs> just real quick, I know we yeah. just keep joking that I hate when films have the same name. Correct. I don't like yeah. Halloween, Halloween. I don't like Candyman, Candyman. No. It's weird. It's almost like they're saying like people people aren't going to remember this movie from 1992 called Candyman. We need to, we need to call this Candyman. So people know that it's called Candyman. And well, it's just this like, is the one. Yeah. Weirdly, weirdly that kind of is fitting only with the theme of this series. So if we have to remember <laughs> Candyman, but the subtitle yeah. was right there. Sweets too sweet. <laughs> Candyman sweets too sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I think it should. I think they should count the other two before this, and the title should have been Candyman, 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 Candyman. <laughs> and the fifth one, the world ends. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah, That's and cool. it does do the the modern Halloween thing of being like, ignore those other two sequels. This I is a direct it. sequel to the first one. And by the way, the the other sequels in '95 there was Candyman Farewell to the Flesh, and then oh, in '99 there was Candyman sick. Day of the Dead. So are they all weird, uh, yeah. like, oh, are they really? And I'm What's watching that? them. If they're all Tony Todd, Definitely. I will watch them. Tony Todd yeah. is in both of them, I believe. Yeah, he does come back. And of course, right, he comes so. back in the new yeah. one. Yeah. Um, Farewell to the Flesh, Mike, sounds very Clyde Barker. That sounds like a Doom level. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can't. I, I was trying to look Barker. up if they were like, if these were like straight to DVD or straight to video type sequels, oh, or sure. if they did get a, a yeah. you know, theatrical release. Not I'm a not chance. Sure. Yeah. No, no, Tony no. Todd reading lines as this character. That's all I'm here. Yeah. For. Yeah. But this sequel, Candyman, just Candyman, does get sort of the elevated horror of, I guess, Jordan Peele just being like, you know, it would be cool, like a sequel to Candyman. 
Um, I don't know if he like watched it as a kid or something was like, mm-hmm. you know, this is an underappreciated black Mate, horror icon that has but, really kind of been forgotten. Yeah. And Jacob, I think when he does these like 500 interviews that he probably does for get out where people are like, so now Jordan, tell me this. How did you invent this genre of social issues and black horror films? I think he's right. probably like, motherfucker, have you not seen fucking Candyman? Like, I think when you <laughs> yeah. are asked that a hundred times mm-hmm. in a row, he's probably like, well, I guess I'll just put my name on Candyman and like yeah. get people to at least watch it again. Well, people can mm-hmm. kind of be embarrassing about Jordan Peele sometimes, especially some certain white critics like – the guy that was like recently when when uh, Nope came out, there was a guy on Twitter that was like, can we just say Jordan Peele is like the greatest horror director ever now after three movies? Right. And even Jordan Peele was like, yo, calm down. Like, <laughs> don't forget about John Carpenter. Like, don't I forget remember about you people. telling that us like, like, yeah, podcast. I critic, love yeah. that. That critic yeah, is the they're character so ready I would to have voted for Obama a third time. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah, he doesn't realize Bradley he's the Bradley Whitford of critics. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Hey, man. Hey, my man. He missed the point. Like, hey, easy, bro. <laughs> yeah. And even Jordan Peele's like, calm down. Like, I'm yes. just really just getting started. Like, I made three movies in my career. Let's yes. slow down. Great calling me the greatest ever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't I'm think he's credit yet. on this. I mean, I do yep. think that Jordan Peele is like one of the best working directors today, which is insane if you think about how he got to start he got to start in sketch comedy like he had a whole career right. in sketch comedy before being like you know what maybe i'm gonna start directing movies and just become really good at that i, I used mean, to do a silly jaden smith voice should i make like spielbergian blockbuster epics you're like yeah. oh okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah um uh- so the elevated horror sequel, like it plays with, it is the direct sequel to the original. It, it it changes kind of the mythos though, because even the original story of Helen has been changed through time. You know, and yes, the way she's remembered through narrative, through people retelling the story of Helen Lyle, this crazy white woman kind of thing. And yes, yeah, so yes. follow Anthony, who's also an artist. You know, that's yes. right. And like, I so like we the have idea that, go ahead, yeah. Oh yeah, well, so so Anthony, the the young baby Anthony McCoy, grows up to become. Yaya Abdul-Mateen, uh, who I, I like him in a lot of stuff, of course, Watchmen, uh, Aquaman. Can't wait for Aquaman 2. He's playing oh, Black yeah, Manta. He's returning. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hell um, yeah. Oh, he's back. Oh, no. <laughs> and Tayona Paris, who I think is, is a really good actress. And actually, I just saw this movie called They Clone Tyrone, which I don't know if you guys have heard of that. Uh, heard positive very, things. Yeah, very Jordan Peele-ish movie. A very... It's it's um, a very get outish type movie, um, very John Carpenter like uh, they li- it's I, like they live meets Get Out. And- I was literally about to say I really liked your letterbox review, Jacob, where you yes. called it They Live Meets Get. I haven't watched it yes. yet. Yes, I'm sorry to bother who's... you in there, Boots Riley. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. All movies. Yeah. I Tiana like. Paris yeah. is somebody who's kind of a chameleon to me. She always seems different in everything she's in. I really don't even recognize her in Candyman. It's like, oh, that's spectrum or whatever her name is monica rambo yeah, yeah. um yeah she kind of disappears in a role <laughs> monica she's <played>. rambo <laughs> she's uh she's got range she can play a lot of different roles and she plays yeah. a a prostitute in um they clone tyrone in a very different role from like monica rambo um and she's so, pretty funny right it's it's kind of yeah. like the standout role yeah huh. absolutely um 
But back to the yeah. Candyman sequel, you know, <laughs> Absolutely, we're getting yeah. it's revealed late in the movie again, spoilers that that our main character who's been obsessed with Candyman, he's an artist and he's been like, oh, I'm he lives in Chicago. So he's exploring the Candyman mythos. And as he's doing that, he goes to visit his mother and it's like, oh, it's he's the kid from Vanessa the first Williams. movie. And she yes. moved him away from. That's why I was saying, there. like, even last year when you're talking about watching the sequel mm-hmm. and we're doing our spectacular, I was like, you got to watch the original because you're going to make so many connections to yeah. to that you know and you're um, so right but they, there's a connection thematically with was helen just drawn to him like she's obsessed with this and can't let it go yes. and neither can anthony so that's kind of like yeah he where, follows where a similar equals. journey of like his descent into like um becoming you know, candy man becoming, so yeah, and, yeah and we talk about the the um you know obfuscation of helen's story like mm-hmm. the 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 Candyman story is recounted a few times differently in that sequel as well than sort of what we know as well, and yeah. the ultimate reveal that is not even just him as the spirit of vengeance. They list off. Um, I, I apologize. I believe his name is Joseph Till and a, and a bunch of other um, or Emmett Till. I apologize. Emmett Till. Emmett yeah. Till. Uh, a bunch of other scorned African-Americans who are, of course, killed in violent crimes, who have sort of re-risen as these spirits of vengeance, too, in these beautiful shadow puppet sequences. Yeah. Really the highlight of the film. Well, yeah. yeah. Candyman's origin is sort of based on on Emmett Till, where, who, who was a young black boy who – it's basically this white woman accused him of whistling at her or doing something. Obviously, right. this was in the, the Deep South – at the time, obviously, the the racist white people did not like that, and they lynched him, and he was like a twelve year old boy. And um, yeah, it's it's pretty horrific. Just the, of course, America was built, you know, on the the backs of enslaved people. Like it's a it's a bloody right. history that this country has. So there's a lot of injustice that still hasn't yeah. been righted. Um, right, and there's a line too that like. I think in the second movie, you know, America created the ghetto and then tried to like destroy it once they realized that they created it, you know, like, yeah, cover it up with gentrification and like, okay, right. So, and what I do like about this sequel, it was obviously made kind of at the height of the BLM, you know, 2020 black lives matter, the summer Mm -hmm. of 2020, it was a big thing. Obviously this was during COVID. There was a lot going on in that time. Um, yep. but there was, you know, a lot of protests and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and this movie came out in 2021. So it's kind of living off that energy. And I think one of the most clever things about this movie is it kind of, it has the, you know, say their name, like say his name, say your name, which kind of became a, a rallying cry for these different, um, black people that have been killed by police in yes. you know, crazy situations and yeah. stuff. So they, they use that of like, say his name, Candyman. And yes. That's yes. such a clever way to kind of put that in in current day right well so it right. ties all the way back to even the history of the first movie you know of the origin of the character 1890 and it's like it's yeah. still happening like there's still he was a guy that was lynched. forget it right. yeah right so and people are still being still lynched. exists exactly yeah. so don't yeah this it. film also has maybe the greatest actor of his generation in my opinion coleman domingo who coleman uh, domingo, just has yeah the sexiest voice of all time and him saying things like remember when it comes to our culture you know white people want every part of it they'll take every part of it but not us they don't like us you know and you're just mm-hmm. like god damn these lines are fucking hitting my only real issue with the film is it really doesn't seem to know who the lead character is it almost yeah. seems like Yaya's not even in it that much right mike like but sometimes he is and then like at the end There's you're like oh, Tiana Paris is the lead 
interesting. Yeah. yeah, by the end, yeah, you're like, the lead feels like it switched. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Coleman Domingo, uh, Fear the Walking Dead. He was great in that. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know if you ever watched that, but no. um, hit or miss show, but he's great. <laughs> um, but he's yeah, like you're guy, saying, that, well, that line, yeah, sorry. No, you um, That line is uh, very prescient because it's true. Like, popular culture takes a lot from things that were originated by African Americans, you know, hip hop. All that rock stuff. Rock and roll came out of rock and roll and stuff. You know? Yeah, like, come on. God damn, everything that's considered the scene cool in Elvis yeah. is the Colonel going like, "He's white. That means I can make more money off." Yeah, him. For, like, Jesus Christ. For mm-hmm. decades, you know, yeah. popular culture has been sanitized versions of stuff that was popularized by black people first, and then sanitized through a white lens and made mainstream. Right, and that's yeah. kind of what they're getting at here. Um, and yeah, so there's a lot of good ideas in this. I do think it's kind of messy and doesn't quite come together yeah. as a whole. Uh, it really does. A lot of those ideas, however, are like still present in the original to kind of bring yes. us around to the final thoughts. I oh, mean, we, it's just further explored in the sequel. But yeah, it's all there still, like those layers. Mm-hmm. I said the the horror that the first one nails is the interactions with the cops. Mike, the end scene where he gets blasted and a mm-hmm. cop fires on someone who does not have their hands up and a black woman is then put into the back of a cop car and you do not see the police officer. You hold on her horrified, horrified face and you hear him say, so we both remember how that went down, right? Where he was threatening and he had a hook for a hand. So I had to fire my gun into him, right? Just watching this as a viewer, yeah. and you're like, "Oh no, this is so real!" I hate yeah. This. Well, it's either that or you're an accomplice, and it's like Jesus Christ. And then again, it ties uh, into the theme of narrative and not forgetting the history and shit that actually happened, right? Like, totally, yeah. a story can cover up the truth just as much as it can contain it. Yes, right. Yeah. And that's when she kind of unleashes Candyman as this force of vengeance on like these police officers, right? Which is yeah. yes, you. I am the name written on the walls. I am the justice that goes unspoken. Uh, yes. that that entire speech, which of course Tony Todd delivers as well, in, in mm-hmm. the first Correct. one is yeah. uh, truly just remarkable and when writing. We yeah, finish our transformation. We see Tony Todd one more time. You know, yeah. As the original CG, like, I guess. All, I don't I don't know. I think yeah, they de-aged yeah. him a little bit, but it's like, you know, yeah. everybody who has suffered is candy man. It's like where it's an yes. amalgam of this thing, this this being. Yes. You know? Right. Yeah. And then yeah. I watched the whole credits for another Shadow Puppet show as they show every instance of of these, you know, horrifying victims of uh, racial yeah. prejudice. And yeah, excessive use of force, etc. But it, it's um yeah. it's a good tie-in, but again, I think talking the classic. What a movie, man. I should have watched yeah. it before I watched the second one. I think it's so fun. It's going to be on like my yearly Halloween rotation. I Hell want to yeah. recommend totally. it to people because it's got so much I, style. It's it's incredible. You know what? Yeah. I can I can go back and figure out now, Mike, why Joe put it on at a party. I think it's got enough cool imagery and like like cool, interesting stuff going on that like if Candyman is on the background at your Halloween party, like mm-hmm. high recommendation here, Normies. I think that's a cool move to pull and you to be like, oh, you know what? You haven't seen Candyman? Like this is a classic, a stone cold yeah. classic. Instead yeah. of throwing on like uh, one of the many Friday the 13th or Nightmare on right. Elm Street sequels, it's like, let's put on Candyman. Like, that's just a, yeah. a really fun movie with some great imagery. You don't have to listen to it the whole time. You can just see it no. in the background, see some mm-hmm. cool graffiti and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, it rules. And I'm glad you guys like it because I, I want to do this one uh, for my you know episode of this year of Spooktober. And um, I was hoping that you guys would dig it. So 
Um, that's awesome. Yeah. Boy, do I ever. Boy, do I ever. Do. I'm glad. This yeah. Probably not going to eat honey for a while. Probably not going <laughs> to bite into some candy. Probably, you know, but uh, mm-hmm. hey. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's still good. So check out Candyman, the original. Don't say in the mirror five times, but I can't. No, I please can't don't. Enough. It's very, very cool. Yeah. Um, we, I guess, I guess the one note is, yeah, it feels on its face like the white savior movie. Right. But then yeah. the way they work with the, that expectation, you know, takes us into a direction. Right. Very sad. She's punished for believing that. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She, and again, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if the ending totally makes sense, you know, in within the whole film of her coming back now as this burned up Helen lady who kills her husband, but right. it is a fun way to end the film on a, I can see that as a studio stinger. Like yeah. Remember yeah. 13th when that guy popped out of the water for no reason. <laughs> like, yeah, Rob yeah. we're going to do that. Yeah. And now I haven't seen the two nineties sequels, but maybe I need to check those out and see if they're any good. Mm. Um, but yeah, Tony Todd is so cool. Like it's just mm-hmm. a really cool, fun movie. Um, just again, dripping with atmosphere and yeah. I love it. So Thanks for watching. Yeah. Yeah. Fun as hell. All right, normies. uh, If you haven't seen it, see it. Watch it. Let us know. Write us on Peacock. Underscore like underscore us. Mm -hmm. Where you can watch it on Peacock. On the cock. This thing ends, Jacob. (laughs) I mean, it brings up and it's like, do you want to watch Halloween 3 season of The Witch next? Do you want to watch those other things? The Grudge 3. I was like, fuck. Peacock kind of rules. Like it's got all the good Halloween. Pretty good selections. So, yeah. 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 Nice. I'm very excited. Yeah. Yeah. It's good at one thing. Take that out, Normies. And I believe oh, you can watch the sequel on Amazon Prime uh, if you want to. So the home of bottom feeder garbage. That's <laughs> right. That makes sense. <laughs> um, yeah, but I had a blast watching it and looking forward to Next week of Spooktober. Spooktober. Yeah, Spooktober. That's right. We've been going strong here. So three weeks remember, in. Yeah. Yeah. Like, review, subscribe at that address. Like we said, follow along all Spooktober because we've got more spooky content coming for all October long, leading up to, as we pitched before, our big spooktacular episode, which is releasing on all Hallows Eve this year. Wow. And right in. And tell us what you've been watching. Tell us if there's some underrated horror movies that we need to check out. Um, I would love to, you know, get some some new movies in here. Yeah. Yeah, Yes. If your name is uh, Lyle, what is it? Helen Lyle. Helen Lyle, write in. If your name is Pazuzu, write in. Of course, if your name is Jason, Candyman, write in. Yes. If you have a hook for a hand, bees coming out of your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. As as this has been covering my blind spots, that would be great if you send recommendations. And as we've been marching 70s to the 80s, now in the 90s, next week we'll be in the 2000s as we wow. have four decades, four eras of uh, horror. For you. I love this chronological wow. order that we're doing. It's, it's great. That's right. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, I guess. All right, anyways. This has uh, been your host, Talking Candyman. This is Cabrini Colin. And Marie McCoy. And this is the Cobby Man. Don't say it five times. I'll show up and say, man. Hey, buddy. (laughs) Hey, how are you? Hey, buddy. Want a sweet? Want a sweet? You listen to the episode? (laughs) My God, he's got a hook for a dick. (laughs) Oh, no. This is Hellraiser. Uh, (laughs) Pain is pleasure, my friend.
<laughs> Sweet's too sweet. The new flesh, Candyman 5. <laughs> Feast of flesh, Jesus Christ. All right. Bye. Catch you later, armies. Bye. Bye. My name is Gandalf the Grey, and I'm imploring you to leave a like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Don't keep it secret. Don't keep it safe. Don't take me as a conjurer of cheap tricks, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Normies Like Us. Fly, you fools.